And so, again, it's Resurrection Sunday for those on the tape, April the 9th, 2023. And we're going to be talking about today the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, your first thing on your handout there, it says the importance of the resurrection of Christ. How important is it that Christ rose from the grave, class? Everything. Everything, right? Okay, so without the resurrection of our Lord, go over, go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15 is an awesome uh, ver, uh, chapter. We use it a lot to define the gospel in verses 1 through 4, but there's a lot more in it than that. Uh, there's a lot packed in this chapter. And I want to read 1 Corinthians 15, verses 17 through 19 says, and if... Let's back up to verse 16. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. Verse 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of men most miserable. So basically, without the resurrection of the Lord... First, your first bullet point says all we have is a religion. Now, there are a lot of religions around the world and they have no hope. They got a religion, but no hope because they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. The second bullet point says, and all we're doing if the resurrection did not happen is we're just playing a game, even in our church. There are a lot of churches that play games. Believe me, I know. I've been in them. A lot of them want to just hear, have their ears tickled. A lot of them are there to build a, a kingdom with their church itself. Uh, a lot of it's just a feel-good time. You know, there are a lot of Pentecostals that go. I heard a, a pastor say one time, you know, the Pentecostals get their high by going to church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. To do their all their shenanigans they do. Well, let me tell you, Baptists go to church... Some Baptists go to church on Sunday to get their high for the week too. So, uh, you know, when we're pointing our fingers at other people, we can also turn around and point it at us. So we got to be careful pointing fingers because I've found out when you do that, a lot of times it comes back and bites you, right? Well, when you do that, guess what? There's three pointing right back at you. That's right. So there's three pointing at us. So right. Uh, uh, then it says, our, and if Christ did not rise, then our Bible is a lie. Everything in our Bible, you just will throw the Bible in the trash because it's a lie. And the last point says, we have no hope of any of the... What do you think goes in your blank? Promises. Promises. I think I... To my Muslim supervisor, that's what he tells me. He tells you what? Jesus never did rise out of yeah. the Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. Well, you need to take this and kind of go through it with him. He'll wow you, but he probably won't. Uh, we have no hope of any of the promises of God. Now, I know my wife says that when she passes away, which I don't know why she's telling me this, because we're both, I'll go before her or that rapture will happen, but she wants, it is well with my soul at her funeral. Yep. Okay, when I die, I want standing on the promises at mine, because that's all we have is God's promises. And that's enough. I'm glad that's all we have because that's all it takes. Standing on the promises of God. Okay. 
Uh, boy, I want to say so much, but I got to keep going. So point two says the eyewitnesses of the Lord after the resurrection. Now, if you want to study some of this out farther, go next door to the library and get Lee Strobel's books, The Case for Christ. He has two or three. What's the other ones? And, uh, case for Jesus. Or, uh, okay. Well, anyway, there's several of them. But the the case for Christ, he lays out everything in there because he was a he he was a award winning journalist for the Chicago Tribune, and he was going to prove that God that Christ did not rise from the grave, that he was not real, and he was not God because his wife had went to a Bible study and got saved, and he was going to show her that she was so stupid and foolish. Yeah. You watched the movie last night, Lee Strobel. And so, yeah, I think I have that movie. That movie's kind of neat, and but the book is good. So, Nabil Koresh, I think his name is. He did uh, Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. Oh, really? Yeah. He was in college with a guy that witnessed to him for four years, and they debated back and forth, and finally, he was. He did a study seeking all of finding Jesus. Finding Jesus. That's awesome. So, uh, you're, you have a blank coming up. You have to, it says blank or more witnesses are needed to show proof at a trial in the law in the Old Testament. How many of you know that? How many? Two. two. You gotta have two. Okay. And so, two is all you need. And yet, when you go through this list of people that saw Jesus after the resurrection, and that's the same thing that Lee Strobel said. He goes, history shows the proof of Christ after that he did rise from the grave. He was resurrected. And so I'm not going to go through all these because, like I said, i got a lot to go through. But two or more witnesses are needed to show proof at a trial in the law in the Old Testament. There's two verses for that, one even in John which basically is a reference to uh, Old Testament. But we apply Matthew 18, 15 through 17 today in the church, as well as 1 Timothy 5, 19, which are both based on taking two or more with you. So Matthew 18, if you have a problem with somebody, you take somebody with you. And if that doesn't work, or you go meet them, number one. And if that doesn't work, you take another person with you and you talk through the situation. That That is basically used in the church, even though it's in, in uh, the book of uh, the book of Matthew. Because Matthew, if we want to get real technical about it, it's an Old Testament book. And yet, but you can go to 1 Timothy 5.19. In fact, let's go there and let's see how Paul applies it. 1 Timothy 5.19. And again, he's using the same principles. He says, Against an elder receive not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses. So again, the things we see in the in the New Testament, the things we see in the church when you have a problem with somebody, or even Brian. If you go to Brian and go, you know that Bob Hall, he's teaching heresy in the Berean class? Which you could do. And he'll probably say, i got to have more than just you. <laughs> bring me somebody else. And you go, well, I got it on tape. And he better say, bring me somebody else. But it's kind of hard to refute on tape. But, you you know, 
But he will take that serious. And and if you start putting stuff on Facebook, blasting one of our pastors, and Brian finds out about it, he's not going to be happy. And um, I'm not going to be happy if somebody's blasting stuff about probably anybody, but especially Brian. But there's not as much I can do about it as he can. He'll he'll write. He'll talk to people. He'll write letters. He'll he'll take care of the situation, and uh, Brian's awesome with that. He doesn't let any grass grow underneath him. So, um, so uh, two or more witnesses, and so we're going to look at some of these witnesses now. Now you get saved. You get saved, and and one of my. Uh, uh, places I like to show this is the church at Thessalonica. When you read chapter 1, it kind of just tells their story. And you get saved by, number one, hearing the facts or reading the facts. When you get those facts down, then you believe on those facts. That's your faith. And then after that, your actions or your feelings take over. So I heard this man one time preach a message, and it was a really good message. It was faith, facts, and feeling. And I started going, I had my notes, and I go home, and I'm looking it all over. And I'm like, that was a beautiful message, but you know what? He's got it out of order. you got to have the facts first. You got to believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. You got to believe that he was buried and you got to believe he rose from the dead before you can put your faith in that and your belief in that. So you got to have the facts. But then on those facts, your faith is built and then you get your feelings. Now our Pentecostal friends need to learn about this too because they got it out of whack. So you got to have the facts that, that gives your your faith, and then you get to your feelings. So I just that threw that in for free today. So now we're going to look at this list here. And from ten minutes, I got to get through this. So the first one, the first person that saw Jesus was who? Mary Magdalene. Okay, and so um, and she sees him where? I ask a lot of questions, don't I? I didn't realize I asked so many questions in the garden. In the garden. Now, let me tell you this. When you try to start putting all the facts, a lot of people will look at the facts of the resurrection and they'll look at this list and they'll go, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't jive with each other. So because I can't make sense of it, that means it's wrong. Um, better back up. What? You can. You can do the whole Bible that way. You're like... Um, Every time, even, you know, I read the Bible, and I'm not saying, not even I, but I read the Bible, and it's like the flesh goes, well, that doesn't jive with that. And I'm, I just have to chuckle, and I'm like, okay, flesh, let's, let's just study this out, because I tell you, every time I do, there, it makes sense. But at first, it's even, it's like the devil sitting there trying to push you and go, that, that, cor- that doesn't correspond with that verse, and you know that. And I'm like, oh man, now I gotta go back and say this out. But it always jibes when you do your homework. Okay? Do your homework. And so a lot of people look at this and they go, I can't make heads or tails of in the garden and who saw him. Was it Mary? Was it Joanna? Was it who? Was it that? Go back and spend six months probably to put it all together. But I will guarantee you this. It's, it's there. It's there. It may not be what you think, but it's there. And so I think, what, why, and I'm like, why did God, 
God, why did you put it in the Bible like that? Why did you make it confu- confusing? Because I think you have to believe. you got to have some faith in there too. And you have to have faith that it's real. And then God will reveal what he wants to you. But the facts are there if you really want to see them. Okay? So Mary Magdalene saw him in the garden. Let's go to uh, chapter, uh, John chapter 20. Now John, I will probably tell you, is my favorite book in the Bible. And I know I say that a lot. Depends on which book I'm on. But uh, John is actually my favorite book in the Bible. Because you know why? Why was John written? To show that Jesus is the Son of God. And so the whole point of the book of John is to show that. So let's just read this real quickly. Because this is kind of what we see here. It says, The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene, early when it was yet dark, into the sepulchre, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre. John 20, verse 1. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple and came to the sepulchre. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulchre. And he, stooping down and looked in, saw the linen cloth lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulchre, and seeth the, the linen cloths lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen cloths, clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself, then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulchre, and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture, which is really wild, that he must rise from the dead. And so that's kind of the passage we we, we study. We read a lot of times on, on Resurrection Sunday of Mary going into the garden. But let me just stop and tell you, there's other women and Mary coming and going more than once. So you have to get that in your head because you may be reading in Luke and you see Mary and, um, does it say anybody else here? It doesn't, does it? But when you read some of the other stories, you'll see they add some women to it. So some of the stories in Luke or Mark will leave out some of the details. and other, So you've got to put them all together to get the full story, just just like all the Gospels. So Mary Magdalene, though, uh, turn over to Mark 16.9. I do want to throw this out. Matthew, Mark. Mark 16.9 says, Now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, of course, that we just already saw that, He appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom He had cast Seven devils. And so here it specifically says that he saw, or that Mary Magdalene saw him first. Now there are other women at the garden that also see Jesus. So go back and do your homework on that. But not at the same time Mary did. So once you realize that Mary made more than one trip to the garden, then it starts making sense to you. Now I understand why it's here. Now I understand why some of the other Gospels that mentions what it didn't mention in the book of John. So John and, and Luke are the, the uh, are the two that primarily speak of that resurrection day. And you'll see a little in, in Mark. Uh, 
So, Mary is the first one. But did you realize your next blank, the next person to see Peter? So, again, let me just ask a question. Who do you think the next person is after Mary Magdalene that sees Jesus after the resurrection? Is that John. What makes you say that? You're right, it's Peter. But it's not then. John? No, it's not him. It's Peter. Okay. And you go, so wait a minute. Yeah, but they didn't see him then. Okay, so you go, okay, Bob, we're from Missouri. Show me, okay? Uh, uh, let's see here. What do we have wrote down? Luke twenty four thirty four. So let's go there. And let's see if I have the right passage here. Luke twenty four thirty four. Okay. So we're right in the middle of the story of the two men that was on the road to Emmaus, and they come back. And in verse 34, they're getting ready to report to the disciple or the apostles. And verse 34 says, saying, the Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared unto Simon. So also, turn over in your Bible back to, I'm bouncing around, I know, back to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15 And verse 5. Of course, this is in your handout. So, um, and again, this is the passage we all know. And let me just read one th- down. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which ye also have received, and wherein ye stand, by which ye are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures... Now, who's writing this? Paul. Okay. For uh, Verse 4, And that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas. Now, who's Cephas there? That's Simon Peter. And then of the twelve. Okay. So, Mary Magdalene, then Peter, then the two men on the road to Emmaus is your next bullet point. And so you also see that one of those, the, both of their names are not listed. Only one, Cleopas, is listed. But you also find that there is a Cleopas that's married to one of the Marys that went to the tomb. So is that the con- a connection? Not sure, but I would say it's pretty close. So, um, so you got the two men on the road to Amias. And I just heard a guy the other day, and they were talking about, you know, where would you like to have shown up in the Old Testament to seen stuff? He goes, this story with the man. I like to have been there when Jesus just opened up the scriptures and showed him everything. He goes, that would have been awesome. Yeah, I'd also like to have been there to see Jesus go up, resurrect a second time. I think that would have been cool. And so, uh, the two men on the road to Emmaus. Now, I want you to back up and I want you to think about this. All of these people are shown to Jesus or see Jesus in 40 in 40 days after the resurrection. Only there's 40 days in here that all this takes place. And then you've got another 10 days while they're at uh Jerusalem because he said to stay in Jerusalem at the end to receive the Holy Spirit 
which takes place on the day of Pentecost, which is 50 days after the resurrection. And again, 10 more days, 10 is a number of Gentiles. It's just interesting how the feast, a couple of weeks ago I talked about the feast of Pentecost has so much connections to the, to the church, the New Testament church, okay? So, uh, man, I have got, I'm, I'm gonna just run a couple more minutes and we're done. And so we see the disciples in the upper room except Thomas isn't with them, okay? We see that in John. And that's where Doubting Thomas gets his name. He goes, man, unless unless I see Jesus and I can stick my finger in the in those nail holes and in the stick my hand in the side where the sword went in, I'm not going to believe that he's alive. He gets his name Doubting Thomas there. So eight days later, Jesus appears to him again in the upper room, and this time Thomas is there. This is when Thomas goes up to him, and and, and or Jesus goes up to Thomas and goes, okay, I'm here. Yeah, and and Thomas didn't have to. He just fell down and says, my Lord and my God. Okay, again, who did he believe Jesus was? God, okay. And so that's the second time. And then you've got seven apostles at the Sea of Tiberias. Now, Tiberias is the Sea of Galilee. And so I went back and looked at that. There's only seven listed. And I'm like, why? where's the other dudes at? They they sleep in that day? I don't know. Okay? And then the next bullet point says 11 apostles on the mountain in Galilee. And you see that in Matthew 28. When he gives the Great Commission, he's on a mountain in Galilee giving him the Great Commission, and yet he still doesn't uh, resurrect the second time until the next bullet point when he's in front of a bunch of men of Galilee back on the Mount of Olives when he ascends to heaven. Well, I call that the second resurrection. He's already resurrected from the grave, but now he's, I guess you could call it raptured out. I don't know what you would call it. Raptured, resurrected again, or just just flown away. I'm not sure. But it doesn't mention who all's there. So we're assuming the 11 apostles. I wonder if Lazarus is there. Lazarus just lived a stone's throw over. Okay, so then on the next page over, there's a there's a blank. Five hundred men go in that blank. So if you're still in First Corinthians 15, we'll look at verse six, and it says, "And after that, he was seen above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep." This is Paul writing this. He goes, there's still a lot of them still alive. Over 500 men. And then, verse 7 says, while we're there, it says, after that he was seen of James. Now, I'm believing that this is James, the half-brother of Jesus. And then, of Paul. Let's see that. And last of all, verse 8, he was seen of me also as of one born out of due time. So look at all these people that saw Jesus. I mean, is that above two? Yeah, above three. That's above a lot. Over 500. So over 500. There's more people that saw Jesus alive than that saw uh, Abraham Lincoln shot. Probably more than that than was in the whole theater that saw him shot, but oh well. Okay, so let me go down farther. Nothing could stop Jesus from rising from the dead. The grave couldn't. Death couldn't. Hell couldn't. Satan couldn't. And here's the one that really rocks my world, not even the sins of the whole world 
could keep him in that grave. Because he had all power. Remember back in the, he told the disciples, um, uh, he told the disciples at the Great Commission, he goes, all power is given to me in heaven and earth. Nothing could stop Christ. You know, I've heard sermons talk about, oh, Satan and his cronies are all sitting around, uh, the tomb and they're waiting for Jesus to come out. That's a good preaching, but it's false. <laughs> uh, because he'd already been down to, uh, Abraham's bosom and led captivity captive. And I'm sure the devil was aware of that. He already knew he was defeated. He wasn't waiting for him to come out of the, out of the ground and rise that second, cause he had already, he was already still alive. He had already been, uh, to Abraham's bosom, like I said, and preached to the people in hell and the people in Abraham's bosom and had wrote, risen those people out. So Satan knew exactly he was defeated. He didn't have to wait till then. Exactly when was the point that Satan knew that he had been defeated? At what point? That's a good question, but it it had to be before, before that. It had to be, so, I mean, let's stop and think about it. If he go, if, if Jesus, well, he's in the tomb, but he spiritually, he goes down and he is preaching to the people in, in Abraham's bosom or hell, whatever you want to call it. There's a divider between the two. And he takes those people with him. Okay? Satan had to know he's defeated by then. So he all, and, and I think you could go back and find some other places too where Satan realized he's, he's done. But. It's all just spiked at this point. Yeah. Right. It takes many people into hell with me. Yeah, it, it's, oh, it's wild. It, it is just crazy. Um, I don't know that he knew the ramifications of Jesus going to the cross. Did he? At that, did he try to stop him because he did know that if Jesus died? I mean, oh, I think he tried to stop Jesus all the way through. Right. But at which point did he know? I'm not sure. Okay. That's, um, what, that's what I'm asking. Yeah. Um, and that may take some thought to get there. Um, I hate to do this, but you could ask... Uh, you could ask Jeff. Jeff Trude and I have talked about this, so he has some viewpoints on that. Um, but yeah, we both agreed that uh, what there, he wasn't sitting around waiting for him to come out of, of the tomb on the third day. He already knew he was defeated before that. Um, when people say, do you know who Jesus is? Satan knows who Jesus is. That's right. So a lot of people believe in Jesus, but they have not accepted him as Lord and Savior. I mean, just because you know about him, just because you know the facts doesn't mean you've accepted Him. So, your last blank there is, nothing can stop us from being resurrected. I think that's your last blank. Our sins have been paid and we are restored. Hallelujah. And like I said, we are the real Cinderella story. Because not only have we gone from rags to riches, we've went from death to life. That beats rags to riches. And so we are the truth in the real story. So let's, uh, I'm going to pray and then we'll get out of here. Father in heaven, we thank you for, for your love for us. We thank you that Christ, uh, all of our sins were placed on him. He paid for them on the cross, Lord, and he was buried and he rose again and he has all power over everything, Lord. And we thank you for that. And not only that, he has brought us into his family and given us a home in heaven and a part of of him. So Lord, I, I thank you for, for giving yourself for us, Lord. And Lord, we, we can't wait 
to see you face to face. And we just uh, thank you for that. And uh, pray for the rest of the day. And give us a blessing. Help us to bless others in Christ's name. Amen. Sean.